Good morning, everyone. Good morning. How are we all doing? We're doing good? Delighted to hear it. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Joshua chapter 3? Joshua chapter 3. We're going to look at a number of these verses, but we're going to jump in right at verse 1. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. Let's just pause for a moment, shall we? Father, right now we just ask you to come and fill this space and moment. Lord, we pause and we quiet. And we turn our hearts to you. And our hearts are open. And we invite you to speak. To minister. To reveal purpose. To bring clarity. To inspire. Come and have your way in this moment we pray. And may your anointing be upon everything that is said and done. And upon our hearts as we open up to you too. And we ask this in Jesus' strong name. Amen. This passage that we're looking at today is serving a little bit of a springboard for the next few weeks or setting a bit of the tone as to kind of the journey that we are embarking on together. And the context for these verses is that Moses has died, cheery start, and Joshua has been installed as the new leader in Israel. There's been a change in leadership within the nation. In fact, this is so important that Joshua opens the whole book with this statement, with this opening gambit, calls it out. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. So God speaks to Joshua about entering into the promised land. And after a brief recce of the land in chapter 2, Joshua and the people arrived to camp at the banks of the River Jordan, ready to, as the text refers to it, cross over. Chapter 3 and chapter 4 is the story and the account of the people of Israel crossing over the River Jordan. But actually, this moment is significant because it records much more than just a group of people traveling across a river. It marks a shift. A shift from wilderness wandering to pursuing purpose. This is hugely significant. It's a massive moment. A shift from wilderness wandering to pursuing purpose. And this passage is significant for us because as a church, I think we are camped at the River Jordan about to cross over into something new. We're at a point of crossing over. A shift is coming. That excited me. I thought it might excite some of you. 
I think we might be camped at the River Jordan ready to cross over. We're at a place of crossing over. Dramatic, you ready? A shift is coming. <laughs> we'll get there. Last March, or March 2020, I should say, we steered into a pandemic. And none of us could properly understand the journey that we were about to go on. We thought the church would be closed for weeks, maybe months at a push, and then things would go back to normality. But none of us could foresee a journey that would span years. And in a sense, we entered into a wilderness, much like the Israelites leaving Egypt entered into a wilderness. We adapted to the context that we were in, and we went online. And that was great-ish. But much like the Israelites, we were journeying in this context thinking, this is not the way it's meant to be, and this is not what it's meant to look like. And we journeyed through that. And we adapted to the ever-changing nature of it. We were online and then we were back in the room for a little while and then we went back online and then we could have some people in the room and then we could have more people in the room and then we weren't allowed to sing and then we were allowed to sing and then there was no number restrictions attached to that. And it just felt like during that season we were just wilderness wandering. Now don't get me wrong, much like in the case of the book of Exodus, as we read the story and the account of the Israelites going through the wilderness, there were moments that God came down. There was moments that God came close. There were moments that God spoke. There was moments that God shaped us and defined us within that. There were even moments in which he did miracles and incredible things, but we knew this is not where we are meant to be. And in a few weeks' time, we're coming to a place where all legal restrictions attached to this pandemic are going. 21st of March will be, to a degree, Scotland's Freedom Day. As restrictions are lifted and masks are coming off. Now, I like you, I'm excited about that. But I'm also anxious about it. I'm excited about what that's going to look like and what this next season is going to be, but I'm also anxious about what that could mean and what might take place and what might happen. And as a measure, I carry that worry not only for my own family, but for the church family that I'm responsible for. I'm excited and anxious. I approach it with cautious optimism. Because I know everyone in the room might have different opinions about COVID. And I've tried not to use that word because I'm sick of talking about it. But for us, as a family, COVID hit us hard. The week that we went into lockdown as a nation, both Susan and I had COVID. Um, I've got really bad asthma, so I was really struggling to breathe. It was quite scary. But Susan was even more unwell and had to be hospitalized because of COVID. And I'll never forget taking her to the hospital and be met at the door of accident and emergency with a member of staff dressed head to toe in PPE and being told, this is far as you can go, sir, say goodbye to your wife. And leaving her at the front door and getting in the car, never knowing if I was going to see her again. And because of that, I'm excited, but I'm anxious. And I say that and I share that story because I know that many of us will have journeyed through this and thought this is nothing, but many of us will have journeyed through this and thought this is everything. Susan said COVID three times now 
And so I keep telling her, between having COVID three times and all the vaccinations, your immunity, you must be hoaching with immunity. <laughs> I reckon that you could probably go around licking doorknobs after this is all done and we're all going to be good. But the point is we approach this with different feelings and different expectations and different journeys that have come with us on this journey and we are approaching towards this new season where this is all going to lift and it looks like we're turning a corner and we're going in a brand new direction. We're about to enter into this new season and we arrive in that moment with excitement and anxiety. And I reckon that is exactly what the Israelites must have arrived by the River Jordan. On this moment where they're about to cross over into something new, feeling excitement and anxiety. And so we come to this passage and we allow this to speak into where we're at and we allow it to speak into where we're at quite significantly because we are about to cross over and what we need to understand is how do we occupy this space that we're in right now? This new season is ahead of us. We can sense it, we can feel it, we can touch it. There's something in the air, shift is coming. So what we need to understand is how do we exist in this moment? How do we function? How do we behave in this moment? The Joshua and the Israelites, they came to this point of crossover and the only thing between where they were and where they were meant to be was the River Jordan. And there's significance in the River Jordan. It's significance in the river that they camp beside. You see, in Deuteronomy chapter three, God speaks to Moses and tells him, go up to the top of Pisgah and look west and north, south and east. Look at the land with your own eyes since you're not going to cross this Jordan. But commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him for he will lead this people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you will see. As God speaks to Moses and tells him, sadly drops the bomb that he is not going to enter into the promised land but he ministers to him in that moment and he encourages him and he invites him to look over the Jordan and to see the land that the people have been promised, the land that God is going to lead them into and in this moment Jordan is presented as a boundary line. In fact, in the moments when God calls out the dimensions of the promised land, he uses the river Jordan as a boundary line. The Jordan River that they camp beside therefore represents a boundary that has to be crossed or more specifically, a threshold. It's a threshold between where they are meant to be and where they currently are. It's the boundary line, the threshold between wilderness wandering and pursuing purpose. It's the boundary between old and new, between the emptiness of just feeling like they're going round in circles, same mucky stuff, different day, constantly banging the head against the wall. It's the boundary between feeling like that and actually stepping into the fullness of God and all that he has for them. And this threshold and this crossing of the threshold was one that brought momentum to them. It's one that brought breakthrough for them. It marked the end of one season and the beginning of the next. The Israelites were at a point of crossover. And God has brought us as a church to a threshold moment. We are at a point of crossover. We are camped at a boundary line and the transition that is about to take place is significant. And in order for us to step into all that he has for us, we have to learn how to occupy the space where we are. How to function in the place that God has brought us to. And the first step to all of that is to recognize the significance of where we are. 
Threshold moments are significant moments. This is holy ground that we're standing on, church. This is a place where God shifts. This is the place where God shifts things. God shifts people. God shifts culture. This is the place where God changes the gear and he begins to move things in the spiritual and accelerate his people into brand new seasons of significance. And we can say all of that because we see it time and time again through the pages of the scripture. God constantly brings his people to threshold moments. He constantly brings them to a boundary line that marks out a shift from one season to the next season. And the Bible is packed full of incredible stories of God crossing people over into the next chapter of purpose. Think about Jacob. Jacob wrestled with God by the river Jabbok. And then he crossed over in a literal sense that river. This was another river crossing moment, but it was a threshold moment because on one side of the river, as he's wrestling, God says to him, you will now have a new name and a new identity. You will no longer be called Jacob, which means deceiver. You will be called Israel because you have wrestled with God and man and have overcome. On this side of the boundary, He receives a new name and a new identity and he enters into a brand new season, a season of alignment, alignment with God and his purposes, alignment with his family as he's restored with his brother Esau. Joseph, Joseph found himself in a prison cell interpreting dreams. It seemed like the end of the road for him. It seemed like he'd hit a boundary, could go no further, he was in a prison. But actually, it was a threshold moment They saw him crossing over into a whole new season of purpose. There was a shift from prisoner to counselor to the king and leading strategy across nations. David, David's threshold moment was facing and eliminating a giant. What was a boundary line for the armies of Israel? Every time they saw Goliath, he was like a boundary that said this far and no further. What was a boundary line for Israel became a place of shift for David. His confrontation with Goliath saw him cross over from tending sheep in the pasture to ministering to the king in the palace. Jonah's threshold moment was not so much inside a fish's stomach, but rather was coming to a place of repentance with regards to his heart attitude. He hit a boundary line. There was nowhere else that he could go and his change of heart saw him cross from running from God to running with revival for God as he was vomited onto the shore of his mission field. For the disciples, the upper room was their threshold moment. They came to a boundary. They couldn't go any further. They were told they had to wait. And in their waiting, they dealt with grief. And in their waiting, they dealt with loss and hurt and feelings of abandonment as Jesus ministered to them. And they clung to God's promise not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait. And that saw a shift into the significant, saw them crossing a threshold as the church was born with the descent of the spirit and the release of the power of the kingdom. The apostle Paul was knocked off of a horse and that was the moment that As he was blinded by the risen Christ, he moved from being a persecutor of Christians to a believer in Christ. However, the threshold moment actually came for him when a believer laid hands on him and prayed for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit, at which point literally the scales fell off his eyes and he shifted from persecuting the Christian faith to proclaiming it. 
We could go on and on and on to list example after example after example, but the point is this. God often brings his people to threshold moments, to boundary lines, that when transitioned, see a crossover, see a shift into something incredibly significant in purpose. Maybe this morning you feel like you've hit a boundary. That you've come to a river, Jordan, as it were. And there's nowhere to go. Hold on, because God takes boundary lines and makes them thresholds. He uses them to cross us over into significance and into purpose. And those moments of crossover can come in many different ways and in many different fashions. They can happen as a result of wrestling with God or having an encounter with God like Jacob did. They can come in moments of repentance and alignment with God like it did for Jonah. They can happen when we begin to take ungodly influences out of our life like David did with Goliath or just as we journey through some of life's unexpected twists and turns like the disciples did in the upper room or or, or Joseph did in prison. Threshold moments can even happen as simply as when someone lays hands on us and prays for us, ministers to us, as was the case with the Apostle Paul. The point remains, though, that regardless of how threshold moments happen, they happen. Threshold moments come into our lives and God uses them to transition us into new seasons, to change the gear, to shift us into significance, to bring us into something new, new experiences, new territories, and we must learn to recognize the significance of such moments. In fact, we need to recognize as a church right now the significance of the place where we are. We are in a significant place. We need to honor that. We need to understand that. We need to approach that with reverence and respect and awe. Father, we recognize right now in this moment exactly where you have brought us to. And Lord, even now as we just close our eyes and lift the eyes of our heart to you, Lord, we look to you and we call out the space that we occupy. And God, we thank you that you have brought us here. Lord, we thank you for the season that we are in and we ask that even right now as we pause, may your breath fill this room. May we become aware of the God and the presence of the God that has positioned us where we are. And God, we recognize it, we honor it, we come with reverence and respect towards it. And God, we ask you, help us to understand where we are. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The question we're exploring today is okay, we recognize that we're on the boundary of something significant. So, how do we behave in this season? How do we position ourselves? Well, let's look at the Israelites again in chapter 3, reading from verse 2. After three days, the officers went through the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you're to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you'll know which way to go since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Don't go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. This view of Israelites camped out on the River Jordan teaches us a lot about this season 
we're going to explore five characteristics and I tell you the numbers that you know when I'm getting to the end. Hold on, the end is coming. (laughs) And, And the first thing that we call out is this, and that is that threshold moments are moments of waiting. It strikes me that as the Israelites arrive at their boundary line, as they arrive at this threshold moment, that it involves quite a bit of waiting for them. These guys have been wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. And they arrive at the boundary line that is the River Jordan and the promised land, the land that they have been journeying towards for 40 years, lies on the other side of the river that they are camped beside. It's within touching distance. They can see it. They can smell it. And if I was there, I'd be like, let's get the ferry now, guys. Like, why are we waiting? Let's just go there. Joshua, lift up your staff. Go all Moses on us. Split this bad boy. Let's get across here. Let's get into the promised land. What are we waiting for? But instead, these guys camp for three days. Now, I can understand camping overnight. I can understand, right, we've arrived, let's rest up, let's make sure that we're ready, we're at full strength for the journey that we're going to take tomorrow. I can understand them camping overnight, but why did they camp for three days? What are they waiting on? They're waiting on God. Threshold moments are moments that involve us waiting on God. When we hit boundary lines, when we come to the end of a chapter and we sense that the page is beginning to turn, when we discern that shift is coming, we have to wait on God. And wait not as in inactivity, but the Hebrew word for wait, as we said before, means to bind, it means to trust, it means to cling, it means to fasten on to. We've got to bind ourselves to God. We've got to fasten on to God with all that we've got. Threshold moments are the moments when we need to cling to God and position ourselves in his presence with no agenda and no motive except waiting. Jacob clung to God in his threshold moment. He refused to let go of him until he blessed him and that clinging to God saw him shift into something significant. The disciples clung to God's promise not to leave Jerusalem but to wait until they received power from on high. They fastened on to that and refused to move until they received what had been promised and that clinging and fastening crossed them over into a whole new season. Joseph held on to his God-given ministry and spoke into people's lives even though his boundary line looked like it was resulting in a death sentence. He refused to let go. He refused to let go of the ministry that God had given him and it saw him transition into something significant. David fastened on to the belief that anything that stood opposed to God was to be removed by God and that clinging on to it brought radical victory and transformation. Jonah connected with God and laid hold of his purpose inside the belly of the fish and it's when he clung on to that purpose that he was shifted into the purpose that he was holding on to. We can see time and time again that in these threshold moments, they are marked with moments of waiting, not inactivity, but clinging and fastening on to God. Threshold moments involve waiting on him. In fact, Isaiah tells us that when we come and we begin to wait on him, that is what brings a shift. That's what brings the crossover. 
He says he gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. He says even young people hit boundary lines. They get to a point where they don't feel that they can go any further. But in that moment, those that wait on the Lord renew their strength. And they mount up with wings as eagles and they begin to soar and they begin to run and not get weary and they begin to walk and not get faint. In that moment, there comes a shift. There comes a crossover from weariness to strength, from weakness to power to might. Threshold moments call us to wait on him. And we've got to position ourselves in his presence as waiters. And I mean that actually in both senses of the word in the sense of coming into his presence and just waiting. But also if when you hear the word waiter, you're thinking of someone that comes and serves and waits upon you, well, that's exactly the way that we should position ourselves. Where we come into his presence to serve no agenda but his. To serve no purpose but his purpose. Where we come into his presence to tend to and wait upon him. Threshold moments are moments in which we need to wait, even though we can sense the boundary line, even though we can see what's next, even though the next season feels like it's within reach. We have to fasten on to God so that when we enter into this next chapter, we enter in his strength and not our strength. Pausing to connect with God ensures that we don't manufacture transition. Pausing to connect with him means that we don't manufacture transition in our own efforts because if we manufacture the transition in our own efforts, we cut across the activity of God. And all too often, Christians and church circles and church communities, all too often we can be good at discerning the agenda of God, but fitting it into his time scale is quite often where we run out of patience. We can see it, we can taste it, we can smell it. It's almost like we can touch it. So therefore, as soon as we get a glimpse of it, we just steamroll ahead right into it. And what happens is that we manufacture what we perceive as the plan and the purpose of God and we end up in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong heart and the wrong character because we fast-track the purpose of God in our own strength. We've got to make ourselves stop. Pause. Wait. Press into him. Connect him, trust him, fasten on to him, that the movement into the next season is his effort and is in line with his plans and therefore flows it with his unction and with his favor. Let's go, Elam, we are in a threshold moment. The boundary line is in sight, shift is coming. We can see it, we can taste it, heck, we can almost touch it and feel it. But now more than ever, we have to wait on God. We have to press into him. We have to fasten on to him. We must trust him. We must position ourselves in his presence, close to his heart, that he can shape us, that he can mold us so that we are ready for what is ahead and so that we land in the next chapter exactly where he wants us and exactly the way that he wants us. God's been teaching us to wait recently. If you look back over the journey over the last number of months, you can see moments in worship in which suddenly God has swept in and we've been caught up with him. Moments when we've come and we've said, okay, we've come to the end of the worship set, but we're just going to push it out a little bit more because there's a little bit more here and we spent time waiting because he's been teaching us 
to wait on him, to fasten on, to cling, to press in a little bit more, to go that little bit deeper. He's teaching us to wait because in this season, we must wait on God. Threshold moments are moments of waiting, but they're also moments of instruction. After waiting for three days, the scripture tells us the officers come to the people with instruction. And this is important. The place of crossover is the place of instruction. It's when God begins to speak about what he wants to do in the way that he wants to do it. And when we perceive that God is crossing us over into a new season, we, we have to then take time to listen, to open up the eyes and the ears of our hearts, to take time to tune into his voice because he is talking. He is the God who gives strategy alongside vision. He gives insight. He reveals how he wants us to move and how he wants us to function in the season that we're crossing over into. He shapes us with his heart. And it's interesting to notice that just as the Israelites get ready to break up camp and move across the river, verse nine says this, Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. How amazing is that? He gathers the people as they're getting ready to cross over into what's next. And he says, the first thing we need to do is we need to gather around the word of God. We need to gather around the voice of God. And in that moment, the voice of God was what brought instruction. It was the word of God that brought leadership in that season. And in this season that we're in, it's important for us as a church to allow the word of God to bring instruction. It's important that we allow the word of God to shape our function. To transition well, we have to position the word and the gathering around his word as that which sets direction. Because all too often in Christian walks and all too often in Christian circles and church circles and communities, the crossing over into new seasons can be aborted or diverted because we gather around characters and personalities as opposed to gathering around the word of God. And this season... God will speak to us and he will speak very clearly and it's important that we listen and it's important that we hear because listening and hearing aren't always the same, are they? But it is also important that while prophetic words and pictures surfaced and are released and what I'm about to say might sound flippant, I don't mean it to be flippant, but in this season it's a given that prophetic words and pictures will get flung about all over the place it's important that the words and the pictures that are surfaced and released are brought back and balanced against what God is saying through Scripture. Because when we take what we are sensing from him in the prophetic and we balance it against what he's saying through the word, then that actually eliminates personality and brings it back to the authority of Christ. Which means that every time we gather around not a personality, not an agenda, not a motive, but actually we're gathering around the word and the authority of God. We've got to bring it and balance it. Threshold moments, God begins to reveal strategy, begins to bring instruction, and here's the thing. Instruction is linked to function. Instruction is given to direct behavior, to direct conduct, to shape action and function. You can see it through this passage. The instructions are given. Wait, 
Follow the ark. Consecrate yourselves. It's how they are to behave. It's what they are to do. The instruction is given. It's revealed to shape the way that we behave and to change the culture that resides within us. And it's important that we listen for such instruction, but it's also important that upon hearing it, we act upon it. That as we receive it, we respond to it. And that's something that is a big thing. We are called to be hearers of the word, but also called to be doers of the word. And in our church circles, we love hearing the word of God, but the doing bit is often where we fall a bit short. We fill venues and pack out places on Sundays to hear the word of God, but it's the application that we need to work on. And it's interesting, last November, we met with the leadership team and shared with the deacons and the staff the desire to gather on the 13th of March as a significant Sunday for us this year to take stock on where we've been and where we're going. And that was planned long before we knew that just a week later would come Freedom Day, which would suggest then that that day on the 13th of March as we gather is significant because God is seeking to release instruction for function in the next season. He's looking to speak. And in that moment, what we have to be very careful to do, every single one of us, is to take what we're sensing being shared and said and bring it back to what he's saying through the word of God so that Glasgow Elam always gathers around the leadership of the word and not the leadership of a character and personality. Amen? Threshold moments are moments of instruction, but they're also moments of consecration. In the threshold at the boundary, Joshua's instruction is pretty clear. Consecrate yourself. He said, get yourself right with God. God is about to do something and you need to get yourself ready. And the place that you need to get ready is your soul. Get right with God. And often, God brings us to the place of self-reflection before he crosses us into something new, doesn't he? So often as we sense the boundary line and see the promised land ahead of us, that God holds up the big mirror and allows us to see right into our own soul. I don't know if you've ever been in that moment where you can sense it, you can see what's ahead, you can see the purpose that he's calling you into and you can see it, you can smell it, you can taste it, you can touch it and just as you're getting ready to take the next step, God holds up the big mirror and shows you your heart and you're like, actually, I prefer the first view. Could we go back to that one? Because we know who we are and we know what we're like and we know that we can't do this, but that's exactly the point. He holds the mirror up to let us see that actually, yes, you've seen what's ahead and you've seen this next season and you see what's before you, but what you need to understand is that you can't transition into this in your own strength. You can't transition and manufacture this in your own might. We look at our own hearts and we can see we don't deserve this and we can't manufacture this. And God holds up the mirror not to condemn us and to make us feel bad, but to show us, by the way, here's grace. Grace says you do deserve it, and grace says you can achieve it. He holds the mirror up so that we can see, actually, we need to rely on him. We need to wait on him. We need to hold on to him to take us over, to take us into what's next. But also, he holds up the mirror because he wants to remove the baggage that we've picked up on the journey thus far that we don't carry into the next season and that we don't carry into the next season that which remains in the past one. Threshold moments have to become moments of soul searching. 
of really laying stuff down, letting stuff go, letting go of past wounds, past hurts, and some of the bitterness that we've collected along the way. And Christians, we can be bitter people, can't we? In a righteous, justified way. We share our hurts and our bitterness almost like we're sharing our panini sticker collection. Like I've, you know, did you ever do that in school with your wrestling stickers and your football stickers? No, looking around the room, some of you are like, we just wrote things on slate. And <laughs> you, you know, where, where you're like, here's my, I've got this sticker and I've got that sticker and I've got this sticker. We often are like, I've got this hurt and I've got this pain and that happened to me and this happened to me. We share our bitterness and our wounds like it's something to show off. But actually, we have to make sure we don't carry with us that which doesn't belong in the next season. We've got to make sure that that stuff dies with the previous season so it doesn't kill us in the next season. Just this has to become a time of real soul searching for us. What has to die this side of the Jordan so it doesn't take root in the promised land? What do we need to let go of? What do we need to lay down? What dreams and aspirations need to die with the changing of the season? And I don't say that in a negative way because what we've got to remember is that God prunes to release fruitfulness. He chops stuff back to make room for more life. He removes, he strips from us so that we can have capacity for that which he wants to release inside us. The threshold season can feel like an empty one. It's got empty stuff out and strips things back. It can feel empty this side of a boundary line. And that's something I've been struggling with. I can sense that there's something coming. I can sense it up ahead. I can sense God holding up the mirror and that's far from fun. But inside, I feel a bit empty. And I'm like, God, why is that? What's going on? It's because God strips things back and empties us out so that when we cross the threshold, well, life will be full. It will be full on the other side of the Jordan. It will be full on on the other side of the Jordan and it will be full of life on the other side of the Jordan. Church, we really need to soul search. Individually, we need to soul search. Corporately, we need to soul search. Perhaps as a church, we need to recognize that God is purging from our culture some of that stuff that we picked up just as part of the journey. We need to recognize that maybe some of those dreams and aspirations, some of the things that we've identified as calling and purpose and that we've hung our hat on, maybe that needs to change with the season. We need to empty so that we can become full again. Threshold moments are moments of consecration, but they're also moments that are marked with expectation. Joshua says to the people, consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Imagine hearing that statement from your national leader. How amazing would that be? Consecrate yourselves because tomorrow, Monday, the Lord's going to do amazing things amongst you. That statement would have released a tangible wave of expectation. A tangible wave of anticipation amongst the Israelite people. God is on the move. He's going to do something significant. Threshold moments are moments to create an appetite and a hunger for God. There are moments when we should come to him with our hearts wide open and a fresh hunger and a fresh openness that believes for him to move tangibly and believes for him to move powerfully. We need to discover a fresh sense of expectation as a church. 
Because here's a big truth. God will always meet you at your level of expectation. So what's your expectation at? Where was your expectation pitched today when you walked through the door? What did you expect? What did you anticipate? And maybe actually, God already has met you at your level of expectation. Because all too often we come through the door and go, okay, here's what we expect. Here's the anticipation. We're going to have a hello. We're going to have a sing a wee bit. Then we'll have a greeting time. Then we'll have the word. Then we'll have one song and then we'll finish. And quite often we'll go out the door and find, well, that level of expectation was met. What happened or what would happen if we decided to raise the level of expectation? What would happen if we decided to raise the threshold of what we anticipate and expect God to do? Because here's the thing, he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine, and let me add to that, or expect. He is able to meet us at our level of expectation and then some. We stand right now on the brink of a brand new chapter and at this boundary line, let's lift the threshold of faith. Let's raise the boundary of expectation. Let's believe that the greatest days of Glasgow Elam lie in its future and not in its past. Because it's true. And I think maybe in a sense, we need to verbally agree this today. And I'm not trying to whip us up for an amen or a hallelujah, but I think corporately we need to come into a place of agreement and say, amen, we believe this, that the greatest days of Glasgow Elam lie in its future and not in its past. Can we agree to that? Can we draw a line in the sand that says the 27th of March, 2022, we made a declaration and we came together in agreement as God's people to say the greatest days are ahead and not behind. We need to raise the level of expectation. We need to raise that belief that God is going to speak, he's going to move, he's going to do the impossible. We have to lay hold of him with hearts that are full of expectation because he is able Threshold moments are moments of consecration and they're also moments that are about following the presence of God. This is a big one. The instructions to the Israelites are clear. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you're to move out from your positions and follow it. This is actually a big statement started with set up camp and wait. But when the Ark of the Covenant moves, you move. In other words, you need to move with the presence of God. And all too often, we can settle where it's comfortable and pitch our tent where it's an easy shift. But comfort is the enemy of progress. We have to follow the presence of God. Now, permit me to be honest and open. I know that in this room today, there is a real mix of people. There are those that are, have been around in the journey of Glasgow Elam in the days of renewal when everything went a little bit crazy. And there are those of us that have come in to Glasgow Elam who things going a little bit crazy would bring us to a place of being uncomfortable that we've never seen that kind of thing happen before. And the point I want to make today is that neither's wrong. We have to be aware that 
we commit to follow the presence of God, which means that at times, just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it's not God. Just because it's not comfortable doesn't mean it's not God. We need to discern his presence in that. But equally, there are those of us who we're only comfortable when it goes crazy. Like that's the level of comfort. That's where we pitch our tent. And actually what I want to say to that is, we need to follow the presence of God and not set up tent where we find it comfortable, crazy or otherwise, because it could just be that as God moves, he moves in a way that he's never moved before. And we've got to make sure that comfort is not the enemy of progress. We've got to make sure that we're neither putting up the barrier that says this is too crazy, I'm not interested, or this isn't crazy enough, I'm not interested. We've got to follow what God is doing, whatever that is, and follow his presence. We have to be a people that are presence-centered in our approach and in our culture. That we make room for the presence of God. That we build into our gatherings and who we are, a willingness to move with God and to do what we see him doing. And I know it might be a little bit frustrating that every time we finish a worship set and we're like, right, come on, we're going to press in a little bit more. And then we do the word, and then we press in a little bit more. But the point of this and these moments is we want to pause and say, God, we're making room for you. Yes, we've got a structure that we're following and a journey that we're going on, but we're going to consciously, purposefully, intentionally create space and say, God, come and be God. Come and do what you want to do. We want to be a presence-centered people. And that means that we need to follow what we see them doing. You see, for the Israelites, their call was to follow the Ark of the Covenant, which for them not only embodied the presence of God, but it embodied the favor of God too. They were favored out of all the nations on the face of the earth to be chosen to exist in a covenant relationship with him. So that ark not only represented his covenant presence, but also represented the favor of God that was on them as a people. So the call to follow the ark was not only a call to follow the presence of God, but it was a call to follow the favor of God too. And here is an important lesson. In threshold moments, our call is to follow the favor to examine our lives, to examine our ministry, to examine our church and look at the areas that we see God blessing, the areas that we see his hand at work, the areas where we see him opening doors and creating opportunities because those are the areas in which we will find him. We're told that we shouldn't seek his hand, we should seek his face and that's 100% true but the truth is where his hand is, the rest of him is too. So to discern the presence of God is really simple. Follow the favor. Do that which you see him doing. Live that which you perceive him blessing. Walk through the doors that you see him opening. Step into the opportunities that you see him creating because that's where he is. That's where you'll find him. That's what it means to follow his presence. It means to follow his favor. And as a church, this is a big challenge. It's a big challenge that we're wrestling with right now. What do we perceive God is doing? What are the doors that he's opening, the opportunities that he's creating? What do we see him doing? We need to follow the favor of God. We need to follow his presence to move with him. Threshold moments are moments of waiting on God. They are moments of instruction. They are moments of consecration. They are moments that are marked with expectation. They are moments that are all about following the presence of God and we will be a church that is undeniably, unashamed, unapologetically presence-centered. But let me just wrap this up with a final couple of scriptures. 
at verse 14 for a moment. It says, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is in flood all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. I think it's interesting, it's just struck me there that the moment that they crossed a boundary and a threshold was in the season of harvest. That's massive. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathon, where the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. The threshold that they arrived at of the River Jordan was a barrier that only God could cross, only God could navigate. And God created a way through to bring the Israelites exactly where they needed to be and exactly where they were meant to be. We don't have time to unpack this fully, so let me just drop this in and let it ruminate in our hearts and souls. But we're told in this moment that they approach a river that is full. And approaching a river that is full, carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the nation's most valued and prized possession, carrying behind that a nation of people with all of their possessions, walking into a river that is full does not make sense. But yet it was what they were told to do. And as they stepped foot in the water, the water stopped. As they took a step of faith, as they stepped out into what God had called them to, the water stopped and they were able to cross through on dry ground. Now as they crossed over that threshold, one of the first things that they had to face was Jericho. And it strikes me that when God said, I want you to walk around it seven times, shouting, they're like, okay, because, although it doesn't make logical sense, neither did walking into a full-flowing river. Here's my point. Confidence in God in the Jordan led to bravery and faith in God in Jericho. Stepping out into that river and seeing what God did led them to a place of bravery and faith that meant that when it came to confronting Jericho, they were all in. You have to trust God to cross your Jordan before you can be used by him to confront your Jericho. That's massive. You have to trust God to cross your Jordan before you can be used by him to confront your Jericho. The Israelites were ready to confront Jericho because actually in that moment of crossing over in that threshold season, they learned and experienced God in such a way that it molded them and shaped them and it molded and shaped their faith that meant that they were ready for the battles and the journeys that were ahead of them. When we cross over in threshold moments, God will teach us and train us. He will raise faith within us. He will shape us in such a way that we are equipped and ready to face that which is ahead of us. In closing, let me look at Joshua 4, verse 21. Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you'd crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he'd done to the Red Sea when it, he dried it up before us until we'd crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful so you might always fear the Lord your God. The band come back. In this moment, we're told 
that as they cross over the Jordan and it stops, that what God did in the Jordan was similar to what he did in the Red Sea. It's a reflection of what he did for the Israelites at the Red Sea. However, the important thing to note is this. The generation crossing the Jordan was not the same generation that crossed the Red Sea. Numbers 32 says this, because they've not followed me wholeheartedly, not one of those who were 20 years old or more when they come up out of Egypt will see the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There were similarities between the crossing of the Red Sea and the crossing of the Jordan. God parted the waters so they could go through on dry ground, but there were differences. God repeated history in a new way for a new generation. He moved in a way that was entirely unique to that generation. But even though it was unique, it was still a move of God. That generation witnessed their own move of God. Church, we have to seek a move of God for our generation. We need to seek a move of God for our generation. And we have to understand that the move of God in our generation will be different to the move of God in the previous generation. Now, although it was different, there were traits that were the same. And God is going to move in such a way that carries traits of past moves so that we can identify that this is him. This is him at work. But it will be entirely unique in our generation. We are at a threshold moment. We are at a boundary line. God has brought us to a significant place where we are about to cross over. Shift is coming. And we need to recognize that this threshold moment is a moment where we need to wait on him. With all that we've got, church, we need to press in and wait on him. We need to recognize this is a moment of instruction. We need to open up our eyes and our ears and our souls that he would speak to us and he speaks to us as a church. And here's the big deal. Every single one of us is the church. So as he brings the church as a whole to our threshold moment, you bet he'll bring each and every one of us individually there too. So it's not just listening to him here. It's not just that, oh, well, the leaders will listen or other people. We need to listen for ourselves as well because he's speaking instruction, instruction about our function, about our culture. And this place is a place of consecration. We need to lay stuff down. We need to soul search. We need to empty so that we can be full on the other side of the Jordan. We need to make sure that we're not carrying baggage that doesn't belong in the next season. We need to let things die in this season so they don't kill us in the next. Got to let God hold up that mirror. This season is a season in which he is raising the level of expectation. It's the season in which we just have to put our eyes front and center on the presence of God at all times and follow his favor. Because this season that we're moving into is a move of God and it will not be like any move that has been before. It is a move that is unique to our generation and we need to seek him for it and we need to press into him for it. Glasgow Elam, the greatest days lie in our future and not in our past. Let's stand and pray.